0: This is going to sound out of left field for a museum tour company. We've started experimenting with a guacamole making competition.
1: What's up, you beautiful bastards? It's your boy Spring Roll, aka Rabba Can't Lose, aka Noah Kagan. Today's episode is our first experiment with Noah's Ark. This is something we're trying out where we talk to people who are just starting out businesses, as well as people making millions of dollars, seeing what's going on with their business, giving some advice, they go do it, and then we all can learn from it. Hopefully, we don't fuck up their business along the way. (laughs) Today, I talked to Michael Alexis from museumhack.com. They're doing around $3 million in revenue, but have been stuck there for about two years. I love Museum Hack. I went on one of their first tours with the founder, Nick Gray, who is a great friend, Chipotle lover, and fellow swimmer. They do rogue museum tours and make them fun as fuck. I was surprised to hear that some of their revenue comes from not the public tours that most of you are familiar with. You'll find out where that other revenue comes from. But their business has been flat, so we dissect how they can get the growth going again. In this conversation, you'll enjoy three big things. Number one, how to break down your revenue to figure out what to increase and what to kill completely. Number two, creating goals in your company, creating cohesion around it, and accountability towards the new goal. Number three, why hope is pointless in business, and how to include experiments in your company planning. Enjoy those three things, plus a bunch more tips on email outreach, ad spending, pricing structures, sales, etc., all those juicy things that you turn into the podcast for. Enjoy. Quick plug. Before we jump into the conversation, go check out the cool sumo.com to capture emails. It's free. Do it. If you have a website, capture emails. You should. Sumo.com. Also, special pre-show shout out to listener Brian Dean of backlinko.com. He's my homeboy. I love this guy. For SEO, check him out. He said he loved the 100 Miles episode about following through with your commitments. Yeah. Thanks for your feedback, Brian. If you want a shout out on a future show, leave an iTunes review or email me, podcast at okdork.com. Woo! All right, man. So this is Noah's Ark, round one, aka Rob I Can't Lose, aka Michael Alexis, chatting with Noah Kagan. How you doing, buddy? I'm great. Thank you for having me. Well, don't think- I don't like when people think too early. You know, it's like when someone thanks you for their parking space. I'm like, dude, I was leaving anyways. Uh,
0: here's what I've got to say about it, though. I feel like we've known of each other for at least five years. And this is the first time we're going to have a full conversation for an uh, extended period of time. So I'm looking forward to it, regardless of the outcome.
1: Yeah, I feel like, dude, that's like an old school thing. I'm, I think when we have kids one day, I'm like, oh, remember those days we had these things, conversations? But I, yeah, I am excited because definitely we've crossed a lot of swords and paths over the years. And it's, it's nice to finally connect. I wanted to thank you for the, the sumo ride donation to start. That was Awesome. Oh. It's our pleasure. We're happy to contribute. Number one, I want to go over the background, a little bit about the business, not too much. The big challenge that you're facing. I want to talk about number two, what have you done so far? Because a lot of times when I've worked with people and worked at our own companies, they've already tried a bunch of stuff out. And then number three, we're going to talk about specific action items that you're going to go do. And then we're going to report back so that people can be in suspense to find out what worked and what didn't. Cool. I love it. That sound good?
0: Absolutely. Absolutely.
1: So, maybe give a little background. What is Museum Hack? What's the big challenge that you're facing today?
0: And then we can dive in a little bit on that. We'll go from there. Sure. Museum Hack leads renegade tours of the world's best museums. That means that our tour guides are not traditionally from the museum space, they are comedians and entertainers, performers, singers. We have a style of training where they do it for about three months before they ever step before an audience. When they do get in front of that audience, they tell stories, they play games, they do activities, jokes, gossip about the museum. The company started in 2013. Nick Gray, the founder, was leading kind of these casual tours for friends, got some media attention. The Public was interested in coming on tour with him. He thought, oh, wow, if I'm going to lead tours for all these people, I'd need help from another guide. If I'm going to hire another guide, I better start charging for tickets. And the business was bored with about $20 of revenue for the first ticket. Since those first tours at the Metropolitan Museum of Art in New York City, we've expanded to include San Francisco, Chicago, Washington D.C., Los Angeles for public tours. We also offer private and corporate tours. So groups from Google or KPMG or Lego or Facebook or Etsy or small law firm, whoever it happens to be, we'll send a group of employees with us to uh, improve communication, have a good time, etc. We also do museum consulting. Uh, The result has been that in 2017, we did about $2.6 million in revenue. In 2018, we did 2.78 or something like this. Or 2017, you did 2.7? That's right. So we've grown relatively quickly. Maybe I can try to back it up. So we did in 2015, I think is the first time we passed 1 million. We did like 1.2 million. 2016, Was 2.2 million. 2017 was 2.6. 2018 was 2.8. And 2019, I believe we're on track to do around that again. It might be 2.6, it might be 2.8. So the question that I emailed to you was how do we break out of that zone? We're super proud and excited for the business that we've created. 2.8 million is a lot of money, but we want to do more. We want to have more impact. We want to lead more tours. We want to create more revenue, we want to give more opportunity to our team, etc. So before we
1: jump into all the things you've tried to fix it, let's do a few things around it. So in 2018-2019, sounds like your business is flat, or it'll be flat this year. What's the breakdown of where this revenue comes from?
0: So approximate, because it changes each year, we see about 1.7 million that comes from uh, corporate team building. These are the groups from, again, Google, Facebook, etc. that come on tour with us. And these are private tours? Yeah, the private tour is organized for employees. So it might be a group of 20 or 30 people.
1: So this is when Google comes to a museum and you guys like do team building stuff and they have like an event for their company.
0: Right, I assume you do somewhere at Sumo, right? It's like everybody goes bowling together or for a cocktail party or at a scavenger hunt or something like this, where the point is to get everyone together, build relationships, et cetera, amongst people. So we offer that service. It's a large part of our business. Okay. In addition to that, We do around $500,000 in public ticket sales. These are individual guests who buy, you know, one, two, three tickets. Maybe they come with their family or their significant other.
1: Interesting. Okay. So that's 2.2.
0: Right. And then the remainder comes from consulting. So this was sort of an more organic part of our business that came up as we became known for leading these unconventional museum tours, as we became known for bringing younger people into the museum and showing them a really good time, museums start to reach out. And they said, "Will you teach us what you do. So we need training workshops. We teach them how we put stories together about the art. We teach them how we create activities, games, et cetera, for engagement in the galleries, and also marketing, et cetera, teach them some of what we've come up with for reaching new audiences via PR or social or whatever it happens to be.
1: Okay. And so... You know what's funny in podcasts, Michael? People always just, let's unpack that a bit. I always think that sounds kind of like a weird thing to say. <laughs> like, let me, like, let me repack that for you. All right, so just to summarize, 50% plus comes from corporate team building. If you had me guess, I wish I should have guessed, man. that maybe we'll, when we do the replay, we'll have people guess. I would have not guessed this. I would have guessed that the individual ticket sales would have been more, and then the corporate stuff would have been way less. So you do 60% from corporate team building, corporate sales. You do 20%-ish from, I'm ballparking, 20% from public ticket sales and 20% from museum consulting. Approximately. We're not jumping into tactics yet. We're still diagnosing what's going on. And what is the goal for 2019? Financial goal, it would be exciting to break through 3 million. Okay, so 3M. There's so much interesting stuff to really talk about here, man. I'm excited. Plus you guys have an awesome business. And I I was on one of the first museumhack.com tours. So I definitely am looking forward to helping you guys grow and trying new things out. So is the three million goal like very clear? Like if I called someone that's a tour guide or called someone that's on your leadership staff or does everyone know the goal is three million?
0: I would say that our management team is clear on it. The tour guides are generally less involved with that part of the business and more excited about the mission part of it, which is getting people into the museum space.
1: Okay. But everyone in the management team, if we call them right now, they'd know the three
0: million. I feel I could be lying if I was saying that. So no, I'm going to make a point of action to tell them immediately after this call in case you tell them. Let's just start with that. So the way that we've
1: done it at Sumo and Sumo, and I like starting with goals and working backwards, just trying to be like, well, where do we want to go? And I think the first thing is like, does everyone know the goal? And are, are you annoying about it? Are you a Jewish mother about it? And I joke with that. I, my mom is the most persistently annoying woman I know, which is amazing. But everyone needs to be clear on where we're trying to go, right? It's like if you're saying, hey, we're going to get a destination, everyone needs to be in the same car knowing where we're trying to go. So we literally look at that every week. So every Tuesday at our all-hands meeting, we review, are we on track? So at uh, sumo.com, we have a, a revenue target for the year, how much revenue we're trying to make our customers. And every single week, you can ask anyone in the company that works at Sumo, do they know the goal? And every single person should know it. If not, then I'm doing not doing my job. The second thing I want to unpack uh, a little bit more, I guess what I'm curious is like, what are you doing differently this year than last year to get to the 3 million goal? Because it sounds like if you're doing similar things, you're not doing enough different things to really get to the 3 million.
0: I think that we are, those initiatives have started relatively recently. So knowing that team building is the largest part of the business, we've begun to offer more options to the clients and attempt to rewin kind of repeat business. The nature of the industry is that people generally do like bowling one time, and then the next time they want to do something entirely different. So they're probably not do bowling for the next five years. Same with museum tours. They do it once, and then not a lot of repeat business, with the exception of a client may have new batches of employees. For example, Google with intern groups coming in that may send new groups of interns over and over again. So we've created new team building offerings that we think are different enough that they'll be interested in doing those with us as well.
1: So it sounds like number one, you're trying to have more options for the corporate consulting business to increase repeat
0: buying. Is that accurate? I think that's uh, an accurate enough framing for now, yeah. <laughs> okay. So do you guys have monthly goals and quarterly goals towards the 3 million? We do. And we found towards a number for the year. I don't recall right now if it was 3 million or that. Again, I'll check on that one. But towards the goal of getting past the 2.7 or 2.8 that we did last year, yes, we did break it down by which. Part of the business that it would come from, and what that would mean by quarter or by month, depending on which part of the business it is.
1: And so, for now, we're, um, we're halfway through the year. Are you guys on track to get to the 3 million, or are you
0: still trending towards the 2.8? I think that it's TBD. So, if you were to ask me about two weeks ago, I'd say that we were more likely to land in the 2.6 to 2.8 range. We have had a number of large deals that have come in as well as a pickup in one of the new kind of team building options that if it continues to go well, should get us uh, much closer to 3 million.
1: So one, never listen to my advice. That's always my first piece of advice. Everything I do is just from my own experiences. So you have to figure it out for yourself, but I'll just give you, do you mind if I give recommendations? Yeah, please. So I think one key thing that it sounds like that I, I don't like in your business that I really think you need to work on is predictability. I don't believe in hope in business. Midway through the year, you should know if you're on track or not. And if you guys don't know that, it's dissecting, okay, well, how do we create more consistency in our business? And what's preventing us from that versus like midway through the year, like, well, this new thing might be working. That's one thing that we definitely want to pick on. The second thing I'm curious about is like, how are you actually doing your planning?
0: Do you do monthly goals or quarterly goals towards the 3 million? Uh, it depends on which part of the business. So the public ticket sales have a monthly goal. Corporate has a quarterly because it can depend a little bit on the uh, the client and when they book, et cetera, with their budgets and uh, their rhythm. And then consulting is. Also quarterly, but is probably the most unpredictable part of the business.
1: So with the quarterly goals for like, let's say corporate team building, do you guys, how do you break that down? And I'm mostly, I'm just curious how you guys do your planning.
0: So we sit down at or around the beginning of the year with a spreadsheet and split up the numbers, knowing what we've done in previous years and knowing that that, those numbers are not even completely consistent between 2015, 2016, 2017. We try to make accurate kind of predictions as to what each category of the business can do, as well as set out kind of steps, ideas, action items for what might improve it. So with corporate, for example, look at where are we for the quantity of leads, qualified leads that we're getting? Where are we at for the conversion from lead to deal? Where are we at with pricing? Do we have any levers there? And then implement those.
1: Well, one, that sounds awesome. Most people don't, I don't think have their shit together like you guys. Well, I'll give you two pieces of of thought about it. It sounds like you plan it out, you have the levers and you do them. But if it's not on track, how often are you revisiting those levers to see what's missing?
0: So we look at the overall financial numbers every month, Tasia, the CEO and I, and kind of reconsider. I'm on board with the idea of creating more predictability in the business. Uh, I do see that as a weakness for us. One of the biggest ones, again, being the consulting element where we are thinking that, hey, it brought in $400,000, $500,000 of revenue in previous years. This year, it just feels like a giant TBD. So when it comes to that one, it definitely affects the others and where we need to pick up and meet them to meet the overall goal.
1: I'm still stuck on that personally. So if you guys have the levers, you're checking them monthly or you're checking them weekly or daily? Like I guess that's where the disconnect is for me where it feels like it should be more of a regular thing where weekly you're looking at those levers. I don't know, that's not the first thought with that. Cool, I'm on board. Yeah, I not disagreeing. And then what are some of the levers? Like be specific. Are you guys looking at like number of people you've outreached to? Is it number of
0: like calls? What are you guys looking at for those levers? I mean, the forefront of it is just the quantity of leads. And we do get a very healthy number each month and each year. There are times of the year or reactions to changes that we make on the site, for example, that has impacted those either higher or lower. Here's a very specific example. So about two months ago, I made some changes to our corporate team building pages that I thought I was like, awesome, right? I was like, this is gonna be better SEO. Instead of being like position four on the first page, we're gonna be position one because now I've included words like team bonding and corporate events, etc. And I updated the title of that page Within a week, we had dropped to like the third page and it was sort of panic mode for the business because, again, it's such a big part of what we do. The changes that I had made probably were better for the robots, but the, nobody was clicking them because the titles of those pages were boring now. And we reverted back to the original and then we made other positive changes to make sure that it would still come in. So we're like very, very, very closely monitoring what happens with the quantity of leads that come in. If it's a slower period, like it has been the last couple of weeks with people on holidays, long weekends, et cetera, uh, we may run ads to make up the difference. And with other parts of the business, I think similar. We've recently become better at tracking uh, our conversion rates for public ticket sales, for example, and the influence that changes to those pages have on being our goals. Man, I got some good
1: feedback for you. I got some things Great. I think we can work on. So. There's a lot of juice, man. You guys have one, you have an awesome product, but I think there's things that, that personally I'm thinking about. Let's do a few. So number one, if you had to kill one of the three ways you make money, which one would you kill? Museum consulting. So if we had to, by the end of this month, double public ticket sales or double corporate team building, which one do you think you could double easier?
0: I would say that we could have a reasonable chance at both. <laughs> Maybe... And I, I said pick one though. I know. Yeah, And one month is a tight timeline, the staff and et cetera. So I know, but I think
1: that's why it's actually better for most companies.
0: Right. Yeah, I hear you. Okay. So if I wanted to attempt to double one of them, I would say it would be corporate. Yes.
1: Okay, good. That was the right answer. <sighs> so in every business, there's an 80-20. And I hate when people say 80-20 because everyone's like, oh, I know 80-20. But it's like, literally look at it. Like if you look at our company, AppSumo makes all the money. Everything else we do makes almost no money. And so it's like, well, let's try to make sure a lot of our resources are in the majority thing. And then experimental long-term stuff is in the other stuff. And so I think with the corporate team building, I have a few specific things we need to do here. Number one, I think your goals are really weak in two specific areas. Aggressiveness is relative, right? Because I don't think you guys are trying to go public and maybe you are, but I personally with our companies, I'm not. But if you're trying to go from 2.8 to $3 million as growth for you, it's like, well, why don't you just get some robots to do the same shit you've been doing this year and just let it keep running that way? My preference is like, you should try to at least like 25% growth it, right? So push it a little bit more, right? So 2.8 times 1.25, right? So like 3.5. So I think you guys need a little bit more aggressive to kind of spur your creativity. So I would actually increase your goal. I think the 3 million is a good barrier, but you already broke the seven-figure mark. You're already in like the big boy's world or big girl's world. So I think your goal needs to be more aggressive, number one. Number two, I think we should really just focus on the corporate consulting thing. And I think there's a few things we can do around it. Number one, you mentioned really briefly, you said we did ads when we want to get more sales.
0: Why don't you run ads all the time? So, this is actually interesting, and I'm a little bit resistant to share it, but I hope our competitors don't hear it. So, we did run substantial ads in the past. We ran Google ads, we ran Facebook ads, we ran Yelp ads. We spent somewhere between eighty dollars and $100,000 a year on those ads. When we stopped running them, we found that the number of qualified leads that we got for the business remained fairly stable so now when we run them it is kind of a supplement for well our sales team doesn't have enough leads coming in this week we need people come to them even if they're not the most qualified even if it's likely that we'd probably get them anyways because we rank high organically we just want to make sure that we have those leads coming in so the sales team. So
1: I think them. the man. I'm trying to figure out a better framework to recommend it for you. And I think at the end of this, we'll have some action items that you guys can go take away specifically. So number one, more aggressive goal. Number two, the goal needs to be shared to the team every week. Number three, I think you need better levers. The way I like to look at it is if I have a, a sheet. I think that's how most businesses should be run. It's like a spreadsheet. That's like here's our targets. Here's what we're trying to do. If your actuals are off, and you try to make changes, and it doesn't make a difference to the business, then you're looking at the wrong numbers. Does that make sense? Right, And I think it's retarded. I I know we're not supposed to say that word, but I think it's retarded that you're bringing leads to your sales team that are not worth, that's a waste of time. That means you need to be figuring out something better. So I I think there's kind of um, a few things we can do around this. So how do we get more predictable control, right? So how do we get more predictable control for your business? So every business, there's a marketing pie. Assuming you have a great product, the marketing pie is a function of PR, listing directories, ads, press, partnerships, SEO, everyone has to do all these. Eventually the biggest companies in the world do TV ads. And I always used to think that's so stupid, but there's still some percent of the pie that watches TV. So I think we need to get one or two channels for your corporate consulting. That's very predictable, very predictable. So I think ads is one way for those leads. I think there's actually probably three different ways that I would do it. So number one, I would figure out how to get the ad thing working and reduce your spend until you increase your quality. Number two, how do the most of the corporate people find out about you?
0: Organic. We rank on page one for most of our cities. So what are they searching? Usually it's like team building in New York City or corporate team building activities in San Francisco, team bonding in Philadelphia, similar searches. So if you do team building NYC, we'll come up. And we should actually be two of those spots on the front page.
1: So do you do team building San Francisco?
0: Uh, yeah. Do you have someone dedicated to SEO? Sort of. I do it. And then we have a consultant that uh, I work with.
1: That's good. So it's something that you like weekly or actively are looking at and trying to improve?
0: Yeah, I watch uh, Google Search Console very closely, every week at least.
1: And every week, are you putting out more content related to corporate team building and certain keywords you're trying to win?
0: Not content. We spend more time with link building.
1: Okay. So I mean, SEO is a little bit of both of that. I guess my thought is that in terms of the marketing pie, what I always like to do is whatever's working, how do I do more of it? If you're doing $3 million a year or you're trying to do, you need to probably 25% to 100% increase SEO to get more revenue. Assuming that, you know, obviously there's some size of the pie, but that's number one. So I would potentially bring on someone full time so that you're not spending your time doing it. Either the consultant bringing someone on, but I think personally, it should be a shit ton of articles, a shit ton of link building a shit ton of you know, whatever the hell it is that you want to do around it to grow something that's already working. Yep. So San Francisco best team activities things that Google likes to do on their team outings. Like, it seems like you only have one or two of these articles and then you kind of just like try to get some links.
0: Yeah, I think there's a few more articles on the site, but yes.
1: So my thought is that definitely have more of a goal. And what I like to do with the goal, so for like Sumo.com, for instance, our goal this year for the SEO is to double our organic traffic. And so we did it a little bit more structured. And I don't know if I want to spend all the time doing that with you because we don't have this much time. But basically, it's like we made a list of all the keywords where we're at, how much volume they're at, And then a list of the keywords that we want to get and how much volume they can give. And then we said, all right, well, how much traffic is that? And can we double our organic traffic? Is that actually realistic? And the answer is yes. So each week now we work on improving the keywords we have and then focusing on the new keyword we want. And for you, it's probably just putting out an article a week to start and then more likely investing in hiring a writer to kind of full time be focusing on content creation and SEO improvement. Yeah. Got it. So... We can talk at the end of this, we'll, we'll like break down this, the concrete tactics so that people can be like, oh, cool, I'm going to go do that myself. I think what people think about marketing, they're like, let me just put out some blog and hopefully people come. I'm curious what you, you have a sales team, which is awesome. How much are they doing prospecting versus just doing these inbound
0: leads? Almost all of the revenue comes from inbound. We have experimented with outbound in the past and found that it fell flat with groups that do corporate team building. They seem to be on very much on their own rhythm for when they plan events, et cetera. One exception to that is we have done kind of cold email outreach in the past and generated leads that way. We continue to use that tactic.
1: I guess what I'm trying to get back into your business is that every week, you know, if you send 100 emails, you get 50 responses and 10 get on calls and you get two sales and you make a revenue. And then you know that that's kind of in your business. So let me just give you a brief background with AppSumo. The first four years I ran it with our team, like every month, the revenue would be different. It was a fucking nightmare because every month we'd make a hundred thousand or we'd make half a million, but our overhead got to be around 300,000 a month. So no matter what, I had to pay those bills. And it took another five years for Eamon and his team running AppSumo to really get consistency. And so the consistency became through the marketing channels and then the quality of our products. And so we had to keep working on, all right, how do we know that our email list, the quality is good. And we know that our ads are working. And so what we'd like to do is as Eamon, I think, calls it, it's test and invest. So if you find a channel that works, let's say for, you know, AppSumo, for instance, it's ads. We didn't spend a lot in the beginning, but we found it worked. And now I think they spend somewhere around 150,000 a month. Eamon's really good, because I'm like, Eamon, let's go to the new shiny toy. He's like, Noah, bad Noah. We're going to stay on this thing that's working. And he doesn't rush to the next channel, which I think is a very common mistake that a lot of people do. And so I I would say for your business, I want to find the things that we know work and then 10X it before we just try to do a bunch of different ones. And so it sounds like the ones you already know work is ads. It works to some level. You're just spending too much and not getting the quality. So it's dialing that in better. SEO, that definitely works. You already said that that works a lot for you. That sounds like the majority of your revenue. I think there's probably three other things I want to really get focused on around these ones. I think this cold email outreach is something that, frankly, you're targeting companies that are probably sizable, that have a lot of employees that have budget for going and doing team building. So it's not actually a shit ton of companies right? It's probably not like the local barber or the local Thai restaurant. It's like Microsoft, Google, Facebook, Uber, all these guys that have a shit ton
0: of money. Uh, kind of. Should we play the guessing game for a moment? How many corporate leads do you think we get per month? Ooh,
1: that's good. Um,
0: overall or per city? Overall.
1: Um, 500.
0: Cool. Not far off. So we typically see for corporate leads, 300 to 400 per month from those organic positions as well as various listing sites, et cetera. And then the remainder, we do 400 to 500 leads per month. Those other ones are typically private leads. People want to bring their families, et cetera.
1: Sorry, so is that part of the corporate money or is that private money? Is that part of the... I don't recall how it's been accounted in the past. So for the sales right now, it's inbound leads. I think there's basically three components. You have the inbound, which is going to be around 300 a month. How many of those do you guys actually close? About 10%. Okay. And why did the rest of the 290 not buy?
0: So two main reasons. One, we're definitely premium pricing. We charge anywhere between $100 to $150 per person for the corporate tours. Many of the groups are looking for events that might be 20 or $30. So we're just not in the same ballpark. Okay. The other element is that many of them want to do experiences during the evening. So an event, not even that late, it might start at you know 5pm and go to 7pm. So it's after the workday for them. And the museums are not open at that time. So that's one of the reasons that we've started offering other team building solutions so that it's not in the museum. You know, we can come to you. We can do an event outside, whatever it happens to be. So we can capture more of those last deals. Okay. And then you said that's already starting to work? Yeah, it's so far working very well, but it's a recent development. And what do you guys do for those, those people? Like, What do you guys do from the after hour stuff? This is going to sound out of left field for a museum tour company. We've started experimenting with a guacamole baking competition. This has got some cool advantages that I'm going to tell you about. One is that flexibility to do it at their office, do it at other locations with the hours, et cetera. The other is that it seems to be much easier to explain to people that when you hear about Museum Hack, you know, you've been on a tour, you know exactly what it is, but the amount of information and education that the sales team needs to go to give to new clients to sell them on the value is very high. Versus a guac making competition, super simple. The other advantage is using kind of our existing staff and resources to find those potential clients to serve them, et cetera.
1: I think what most people don't do in business well enough is that they have a problem and they're like, well, this is a problem is that it's only five to seven. So I think it, for you, which is, it sounds like you're doing, which is great is, well, well, how do we solve the five to seven problem? Some of my suggestions are this. Number one, I think you need to get that 30 number. I think that the 270 who's not buying, the 90%, there's two alternatives there. Number one, test out a bunch of these different ideas around avocado fest or you know, avocado making or scavenger hunting because you have really creative people. And so I would brainstorm with your team different activities that you can try to do. Yeah, 100%. I think for the 270, the people that are not buying, I think you guys just need to try a bunch of different ideas and see what people buy. Number two, I do think you need to bring in consistent cold email outreach to these large companies. And then frankly, they just need regular reminders If you have a sales team that's sitting around, don't waste them on shitty leads. Just go have them prospect quality companies and do the cold emails. Number three, is there any reason you guys don't do a lower tiered pricing
0: or Uh, you refer out
1: to a lower tier corporate team building activity?
0: So we have, I mean, our prices were lower in the past. It becomes very difficult to make the margins work because the guides are well paid. And we also need to pay admission to the museum for each person that comes in. So
1: is there anything you could do to capture that, like either refer to someone lower? So if they're going to go somewhere lower, just send them to a specific company and get some cut for referring them.
0: Possibly. I'd be open to try it.
1: I think that's just something to consider. I don't know if I, I'm as excited about that. The last thing I'm actually the, probably most excited about is that you have thousands of people a month coming through your public ticket sales and you have thousands of people joining your newsletter. How often are you asking them for company referrals? We've
0: done it in the past. It's not consistent.
1: So that is something I would probably just put into your email autoresponder in two situations. Number one, after someone's actually done a tour, I'm guessing you email them after a tour that's like, go leave a review on TripAdvisor or Yelp. Yeah. I would have a second email a day after that or three days after that that's company team building. And it's basically just a lead gen system that you can then set up for, because if I just had a great experience and you're trying to get more business consistently, be like, hey, you just came. We'd love to host your company or your friend's company click here to submit your business Cool, Perfect. and then just send them to that lead form in that city. And, or you can tell them in the email, like forward this to your office manager Perfect. and then just make that more of a system so that it's a consistent thing where like every day now you're getting 10 people. Cause you know, how many people a month go through one of your tours?
0: I think about 12,000 people per year. Uh, so about a thousand people per month. Yeah.
1: Yeah. That's huge. And then how many people join your mailing list a month?
0: It used to be a lot fewer recently because we were restructuring the systems. Our total email list right now is about 45,000 people.
1: So you have a shit ton of people that work at a shit ton of companies that want to have fun. It seems like they would easily be able to refer their businesses. So I think there's definitely a lot of value around that in just adding more of a referral engine within your business. That's something that we're trying to think about within our company. The thing with the referral, I actually was working on it this morning. With the referral specifically, you have to make it like a no-brainer for them and tell them who to refer. And so what I mean by that is you say, hey, if you work at a company, can you just click here and let us know what company you work at? We'd love to host you in the future. Or say, hey, if you work at a large company, can you forward this to your office manager or to your manager for the next team outing? Because a lot of times we were like, hey, do you mind sending a referral of an intro of a thing? I'm like, they make it so hard. So you've got to tell them what to do. And it's got to generally be the only one action. So that's the other thing I would say in sales is the referrals engine. Last thing I just wanted to, I'm curious about, and then I've got one thing, and then we're going to go into some action items. What is it with the, uh, your directory stuff? Because I know for me, I would imagine that a lot of people find you also from like TripAdvisor or Yelp. I'm just kind
0: of curious how that works out for you guys. Yeah. So TripAdvisor is good for public ticket sales, particularly tourists coming into any of the cities, right? Like things to do in New York City. Oh, hey, Museum Hack is one of the top ones and has plenty of five star reviews. For corporate, Yelp is a stronger platform. After that, we don't think about too many of the other uh, directories. There are third-party ticket sites, things like coursehorse.com, where we're listed for public ticket sales, also Airbnb experiences for public tickets that do result in some ticket sales, but it's not super high volume.
1: Huh? I, th- I thought Airbnb or maybe like, I guess TripAdvisor and Yelp are the big ones, but for corporate, it's not as much. That's more for the individuals. Yeah, right. So those platforms are for the public tour experiences. One thing I was curious about is that you said you're testing out guacamole. Have you emailed all of the leads from the past year about these leads that have not bought, the 90% that have not bought about your alternative corporate building stuff? Not
0: yet. Uh, We do have the intention to. It's been a soft launch and this company only came into existence within the last month. None of that's meant to be excuses, just an explanation.
1: No, I know. That's why I was just saying that. Like, I want to figure out how to best organize that. Like, I think most companies, what they do is they come up with something new and I'm just like, well, you have all these people that should potentially be buying. And if they don't buy that, maybe you can sell them something else that would, will help them with corporate team building. So that's like revisiting all the non-buying leads. Yeah. Last, uh, it's not last thing, dude. I got a shit ton more. Uh, <laughs> uh, this is fun. So the thing I want to get back to, we talked about a lot of different ideas. I think there's probably been a few that you're like, oh shit, yeah, we should go do that again. And there's a few you're like, oh yeah, I haven't really thought of that. Does that sound about accurate? Yeah, 100% what I think is the most interesting is how do we organize this, Michael? It's 45 minutes, which, you know, you've been doing this business for years, and you spend the majority of your day thinking about it. How do we actually take all these different things and then organize them into a plan? Right? Because I think that that's actually the, the little bit of the challenge with some of this stuff. I want to highlight a few the things that are in my notes, just because I think it's interesting for you. And then I want to start talking about, okay, how do we put plans together to execute and then see what's working, what's not so we can stop things and increase things. So a few things that, that I want to highlight for you. Number one, I'm a little concerned with your business is that if the economy goes lower, that companies are going to stop team building.
0: I share that fear.
1: I think most businesses aren't recession proof enough, and they need to actually think about that. So I wonder around Museum Hack in general is that I think people will still want to have entertainment. That's always going to go around. Like people, are, what is it? Suppose like movie spending goes up when recession happens and all that kind of stuff, or I guess Netflix spending. So I think that's something that I might want to just spend time thinking about, and we could put that in one of your plans, which is if the recession hits. How do you become indispensable, right? So I I think that's the thing that every business, like, so for our company, and I'll just share like AppSumo, I'm like, well, people are still gonna wanna promote their software because everyone still wanna sell. And if I'm a customer, I wanna discount even more or a special price even more if the recession's happening. With sumo.com, people are always gonna wanna help with their marketing, like no matter if it's good times or bad times. And so it's not bragging or telling you I'm good or bad. I just think it's something I wanna get ahead of for Museum hacks. So no matter what time of year it is or what century it is, people are still going to want to be purchasing your services. Right, totally. Two other things that you emailed me about, you said, all right, well, Noah, how do I get recurring revenue? And I'm just highlighting this because I think it's a very common thing that I do myself. Uh, You said, how do I get recurring revenue? Or how do I increase my individual ticket sales in these other cities? My suggestions for them specifically is that, one, your core business was these individual tickets. So that was your, your second thing you said. Well, how do we sell more tickets in these other cities? But as we have identified, the bigger winner is the corporate stuff. Like even if we doubled the amount of ticket sales, that would take you a lot longer and it wouldn't be as lucrative as the corporate stuff. So I think the key thing there for you and other businesses is what's already working and how do I do more of it, which is your corporate stuff. So that's number one. You asked, how do we do recurring revenue? I think the recurring revenue is a great idea for you. I always think that this next new idea of like, oh, we can sell a courses or we can sell a product regularly. I think those are good to do, but as experiments while you're doubling down on the main thing more. Right. Got it. I think we should figure out how to double the corporate activities and then probably have some allocation of planning time to have more consistent revenue. So each year you're not starting at zero. Got. It. So maybe before we start planning it, and we have three weeks to do this and we'll come back and, and share what the hell happened from what we decide to do. But before we even dive in that, I want to just hear what you think. We've talked 45 minutes, a
0: bunch of different stuff, a lot of different ideas. I want to hear what you say. I'm on board. I think we're very much aligned with the idea of doubling corporate as well as making that a priority over experimentation in lines with kind of what we're working on now with the new offerings, et cetera, to fill gaps. I very much like and appreciate the suggestions or reminders or or however to frame them of like reach out to the public audience, right? All of those people work for companies. That seems very obvious and clear now, as well as as we create these new offerings, reaching out to our past list, which is thousands of companies, uh, HR managers, office managers, et cetera. So very on board. Okay. So
1: I think the thing that's interesting here is that there's a lot of different ideas. Frankly, I'm excited for you because I love your service and I want everyone who's listening and everyone in the future companies or individuals to go use Museum Hack because you guys are awesome and your service is great. That's why I love, you know, working with you and talking about marketing or how to promote you guys because people should know about you. And I think the challenge is, is like, what's the best way to do it? So how do we plan this, man? I can give you suggestions and then we can talk about these action items. Does that sound okay? Yeah, great. So I think number one, you need to set your clear goal. I actually think you need to go back to the team and say, we're not only going to do three million, we're going to do 3.5 million. I think you have to look at it weekly for how you're doing in that month towards your yearly target. Because if you look at it daily, sometimes just based on how shit happens, it's a little discouraging. But I think you need to push your goal even more. And then I think your whole team needs to not the maybe the guides necessarily, but your whole management team needs to know for sure. So that, that's really number one. And your 3.5, it's not about what I want, Michael, because I don't have to run your business. I don't have to sleep in your bed you have to really decide if that's what you want. Or if you want three, fine. If you want to stay at 2.8, I don't care. That's really for you to choose. Right. Uh, If it's for me to choose, I want five. Well, shit, man. Let's, well, five is fucking aggressive. (laughs) Midway through the year, if you're on track already to only do three, I mean, to push to five, I'd say we'd wait till next year. But I'd say push it to 3.5. But talk about that with your team. Get their buy-in and encouragement. And be like, guys, why don't we try to really grow this thing? Like we have the number one way to improve corporate culture, bar none, to improve corporate morale and corporate trust the best thing in the world. I'm sure you can listen to another podcast or book about vision and purpose and all that other jazz. That's not what we're going to do here. But I think you need to clarify your team's goal. Number two, it's the planning, the planning, the planning, the planning. So my thought with that is that you do need to break these down into monthly targets. So if we want to get to 3.5 million at the end of the year, you need to say, well, in November, December, July, August, July, June, how much do we need to make from corporate, from these individuals, and then from the museum consulting? And so keep that at a higher level. I think you've already started it. I would just copy it and make one for your this more aggressive target. Yeah. So that's number 2, right? So just redo the monthly forecasting. I think with that number 3, you probably need to reduce the museum consulting. So and the reason I'm saying that is like what if you could take those people and then put them on the corporate sales or put them on the corporate training or put them on SEO or put them on ads or put them on the winner, which is your corporate activities instead of on frankly the loser. Or it's not the loser, it's not that you don't want to help museum consulting, but there's only so much time and money available. And so you really have to figure out what's the best thing to spend it on and really focus it on that. So I would try to think about how do we reallocate our people and our money on the winner. And so I think with number three is you have your monthly forecasting, I would say, all right, well, if we need to do this much in our corporate, what are the levers this month that we want to do? And so in the forecasting, the levers are going to be a component of sales, ads, SEO. Yeah. Right. And then you need to predict how much you're expecting to generate. So inbound SEO, we think we'll get this much. Outbound sales, we'll get this much. And you know, maybe in referrals, referral revenue, we'll get this much. Ads, this much. And then you have targets that you know that you need to be hitting per month to hit the 3.5 million. So it's a little bit more controllable and predictable about what you're trying to accomplish. So then you have these levers. The way that I like to break it out in our companies, it depends on how mature your business is. AppSumo is very mature, so they work on six to twelve week cycles. Sumo, we're working on one month cycles. It's pretty wild. It's just one month cycles. Like, I'll just tell you what we're doing. So for June, we need to make $55,000 for our customers this month. And so we then take that $55,000 and we say, well, what does that mean? That means that we need to get X amount of customers plus X amount of new customers. And then we need to create tools that'll help them generate, you know, whatever it is, $3,000 per customer this month. So now we have a little bit of our targets. And subsequently from that, we say, all right, well, what are the biggest levers per team that we can do, the biggest ones, that will help make sure that these targets are hit? So for you, I think that looks like, all right, number one, how do you double down on your SEO? How do you get your referral system built in? So I think for me, it's a few of the ones we've already just, I'm just going to repeat them. So one, referral engine. (laughs) I think that's a huge one for this month. Two, improve your SEO right? Like I would hire the consultant or move someone full-time to be writing and building links if that's how you've gotten a lot of your clients. Three, I would reintroduce advertising. Sounds like that's worked in the past, but how do you reduce your spend so the quality is higher? And then four, with your sales, I do think you need to do two things with your sales. You need to revisit selling all the non-leads, the new offering. And then I do think you need to figure out a little bit more of a system where your sales team is doing a little bit more cold or outbound prospecting. Got it. So those are the main things this month. The last thing around, there's two last things I really want you to do. Number one, I think you need a better scorecard. And what I mean by that is that with Sumo and our business, I felt like we kept playing games we could not win. Like think about going and playing basketball, but you have no arms. It's like it's really hard to do head basketball. That was a really shitty analogy. Um, (laughs) you You need to play games that you're like, oh, I can win this game. And so what I mean by that is that you can control how many articles you write. You can't control Google's ranking. But you can control writing an article, team building San Francisco or team building Oakland or team building San Jose. You can control writing three articles and emailing your list about it. Yep. You can control adding in a referral email to your autoresponder. So you have to figure out how to have more control of the things that you can. One of my favorite books of all time is The Score Will Take Care of Itself by Bill Walsh. The score is going to take care of itself if you are playing the games that you can play and they will help you move that needle. So I think you need a better scorecard in terms of at least daily, if not weekly, what are the controllable things that you can do towards these things that should impact the monthly forecast?: yeah. For example, for our SEO at SUmo, Chris and Dean and me can control how many articles we write. That's very controllable. I can control rankings. I can control emailing out the article, so we make sure we email out every article twice a week. And so I think you need a scorecard that is very basic. I think when people say this shit, I always get confused. You need a controllable scorecard normally we've called it a proactive dashboard, that you can literally see each week, all right, how many did I spend on ads?" How many articles did we write? How many emails did we send? How many referral emails got sent? How many outbound emails got sent? How many inbound leads got received? That one's a little harder, but you generally want to have things that you can control. Another favorite book is Keith Cunningham's. Uh, He's a really interesting author. And he talks about how an airplane pilot needs a cockpit with a shit ton of dials because you're controlling a fucking $3 million plane. So you need to have a cockpit that you can see if your plane is going in the right direction or not really quickly and then make adjustments. So for instance, with dork stuff specifically, every week we post on Instagram, Twitter, LinkedIn, Facebook, and YouTube. And every single time we post anything, we track it. And we just track number of views and clicks. And every week it's like, oh shit, LinkedIn is working. Email is working. Twitter is working. Kill everything else. And then we start seeing, all right, well, within LinkedIn, what's working better? All right, stuff that is more picture-based is working better. Let's do more pictures. And so I think you have to kind of keep continually refining that scorecard to say, like, now the scorecard is just like, all right, let's just do LinkedIn five days a week. So you need to improve your scorecard. Number two, I do believe in this month and maybe try it for the one month cycle. I do think you have to start moving towards how do you move your business to a no-brainer level? So I think there's two experiments that you personally can be responsible for. Number one experiment is how do you move your business to a no-brainer level? Okay. So like every company you go to, it's like, look, if your business is going down or going up, you got to use Museum Hack. And it could be maybe you realize like, hey, we're not gonna be able to do that for corporate, but we could do it for the individuals. And we can focus on that moving forward after this. But I think in general, if you create something that is essential, and you know, that's creating a need versus a want, it's much easier to be sustainable and outlast when things are going well or bad. I've never faced a recession. And it's not as an arrogant thing or that I'm that better than anyone. I've just always tried to focus on things that people are going to need all the time. Like when I worked at Facebook, they're going to want to keep flirting. Mint, they're going to want money. AppSumo, they want deals. Sumo, they need marketing tools. And so it's, it's just focusing on the things that no matter good or bad times is going to happen.
0: At your companies, what's like the must have that museum hat corporate tours would fill the gap for?
1: Dude, I love that. See, you got to ask your friends. If you just went on LinkedIn and looked at all your friends who worked at companies, I bet you could actually increase your sales 25% just by your own network. We do call them CFF, CMF, Corporate Mandatory Fund. We would use you guys. I think $100 for our team. Those are 20 people, 2000. That's actually probably high for us. I think we would probably be willing to spend around 50 bucks a person for some type of monthly activity. How do I make it $100 per person of value to you? Good question. I think you could talk to Rachel, who's our office manager and see what would make sense. Cool. So you should ask me now for an introduction. Yeah, please introduce me to Rachel. Do you guys do stuff in Austin? Uh,
0: Not yet. We can. Uh, We can. Absolutely. So we have Austin is one of the potential cities for the next year or so, but is TBD while well, we try to double down on the existing cities where we have staffing. I think that's a lot stronger of a move of really securing
1: your base before you try to go out into new things. But I think something like this is a great like, oh, well, let me see how I can figure this out. Build up your pipeline. So when it's ready to launch, you already have that there. That was great. Honestly, if, in terms of referrals, just go look on your LinkedIn for everyone working at a company and ask for an intro to their office manager. Like I'm going to send you an email to Rachel afterwards and you guys can coordinate. Cool. But number one, work on no brainer level. Because maybe every company will always have a budget for team building. Number two, I do think you need to think about your hiring stronger. Like if you're still doing, you told me you're doing SEO yourself, that is a concern if you're trying to
0: go from 3 million to 10 million. Uh, I don't disagree. Here's why I do it. I'm also the guy that codes our entire website. And I found that the ability to do the SEO, to do the copywriting, to do the page speed stuff, to do user experience, if you have all of those skills and you can combine them all into one person, the effect on conversion rates, traffic, everything is much, much higher than I've ever seen from assembling different people to do the different tasks.
1: Okay, so all I will say is that there's no way you're gonna get from three to 10 doing work anymore. My friend Heaton Shaw told me that and I thought it was retarded and I thought it was kind of rude how he said it. But if you are doing the work, you're not gonna get from three to 10. So what I mean by that is not that you can't do work. If you wanna stay as a small company then find something that you really enjoy doing and hire everything else around it. If you love coding, then you got to hire everything else, someone to run the company. But generally to get to a larger size of company, you're not doing any of the work anymore. You're finding the new CEOs and the new leaders of the business. That's the only way you're going to go from four to 10 to 20 to whatever. So I think that's just something you have to evaluate. But these are the three kind of experimental things I want you to think about in the upcoming month of June. Number one, no brainer for businesses. Number two, hiring. So just think about it. I don't want you to take action necessarily, but I want you to do some hiring. I want you to think about hiring and what kind of impact that could make. And generally in hiring, there's three stages. There's like someone who's smart, but is not an expert. And then eventually you hire an expert. So it depends on how much money you have available to you. But generally that's what's changed the trajectory of our business is bringing on people that move the business to the next level. And the third thing I want you to consider is that you mentioned in your email, and I think this is an experimental thing. I want you to at least plant a seed. I don't know if I want you to do anything. I just want you to get move forward with some thoughts around it, which is how do you create some type of product or service that people want to continually pay for? We will create consistency in your business, figuring out the no brainer level and exercising some of these levers now that you're gonna have a little better insights on. But I think there's something there with companies where you could provide some level of team morale year round. You need to think about this a bit more before you rush into doing something like that. Got it. You already have something working. I think it's how do you extend that? But I think there's probably something there there's a shit ton of services surprisingly big about like, oh, everyone can check in once a week with their teammates. You guys maybe aren't a software company, but maybe there's a service you could do once a month. Maybe there's a product you could license from other companies and then you provide it to businesses. Mm, Interesting. There's a lot of different ideas around it about what you could do. But I would want you to think a little bit more about that before us rushing in. And I think you said it yourself, like you already have these cities, you already have a bunch of people. How do we just make it work better before we try to just do the next new thing? Which that's like the entrepreneur disease.
0: (laughs) Right, got it. Something that's resonated with me really well is that idea of hiring out the expertise. We certainly do have a lot of ideas, even though we are working on the corporate stuff right now. That means it's at the expense of trying to create those new recurring revenue products if we can do them, whether they're courses or memberships or whatever they happen to be. So more human power to work on more in parallel, it seems like it could have a high impact to at least grow faster.
1: Dude, yeah, big time, man. I would say that's probably been the number one game changer for me in the past few years is bringing on these people like David, who helps run everything with me, dude, I would be like one tenth the person and one tenth the company without David Amon took a little bit of time to find him, took a little bit of time to train him up. But I mean, the only reason that now I have a little bit of money is because Amon's been able to really execute something I helped start. Same thing at the sumo.com stuff that we're working on. It's like, we have found like, you know, the salespeople that are phenomenal, the customer support people that are amazing. Like developers that are damn impressive you know the designer anyways not trying to just brag about that but the people at the end of the day it's either buy the best software or hire these amazing people and and they change the trajectory and then it's on you to you know figure out you know someone said this to me i thought it was a great quote it's like would you rather have great people or great strategy and i was like great people and he's like no if you can have great strategy with shitty people then imagining putting great people on a great strategy you're going to be fucking unstoppable so (sighs) it's a little bit of a conundrum, but the point being is that people make a huge s difference. If you can then add it to your formula, which works really well, then you have something that's going to be a fucking game changer. So we do have to wrap up. What I want to hear, Michael, is let's just say in the next four weeks, it's it's June 5th today. What will you have accomplished? What are you going to actually do? And this is going to go out to thousands of people. It's actually only 10. It's like me and my mom that are going to listen to this one. Um, (laughs) But what are the concrete steps you are going to take that we can follow up on an end of month and see like, okay, that worked, that didn't work, I didn't do this shit. But everything you say you do, I want you to really do because this is one of the key things with
0: this series. Yeah, 100% I'm on board. Okay, so I'm actually going to give you four things. One, talk to our management team about the $3.5 million goal and create system spreadsheet, whatever's needed to break that down into specifics by month and by week. Number two, more SEO articles around the city. That one actually is frankly... I can't believe we're not doing more of, even though we rank very high for team building in New York City. It's like, well, what about New Jersey? What about the weird people that type team building Manhattan or team building Brooklyn or whatever it happens to be? I think we can capture a lot more of those. In addition to that, setting up the email drip so that any of our public ticket sales are getting the request to say, you know, hey, you know, send your HR manager, or office manager, whoever it is. We actually already have that email written it should be in that system. And then also email our past leads that have done team building with Museum Hack and see if they're interested in the, uh, the new business as well. And the element of making it a no-brainer is caught up in, I guess, all of those.
1: The two things I want to say on the referral is, number one, can you ask everyone who's already done a corporate activity to come back and do another one?
0: We have in the past. It typically hasn't been very successful. They seem quite keen on the trying something new and novel.
1: Well, why don't you guys sell them the guacamole one?
0: Right. Yes, that's the plan. That's one of the things that I'll do this uh, okay.
1: month. Well, I think the two things with those referrals is resell them the new one or come up with a different one. And alternatively, go to the 270 who haven't bought the 90% and sell them the guacamole or try other things. The one other thing I really want you to do in this month, I really would like to see you at least get ads back on, even if it's $1,000 a month. Cool. Yeah, I think we're spending about 300 right now. A month or a day? Per month. Yeah. Put that up to 1000 Is that in-house or do you have an agency or do you have someone who does that? Those ones I just turned on and they're relatively effective. Dude, I can introduce you to a buddy of mine or you need to find someone else that you know that you can highly trust. You you should really hire people. Get it going with yourself. I think it's essential to do it yourself, learn it yourself. You got to pass it off to someone else that can really take it to the next level.
0: So we did work with an agency in the past and actually increasing ad spend is the one thing I'm not quite ready to guarantee that I'll do in the next month because when we reduced that ad spend by $80,000 a year, what it meant was we still got a very similar number of qualified leads, and we got that extra $80,000 as profit.
1: No, no, no. And I totally get that. And, and that's very good. There's a fulcrum where you're getting the right spend for effectiveness. Yep. But I think you're, if you're at $300 a month, you're nowhere close to it. Got it. So even as an experiment for OK Dork, like the podcast, I'm spending minimum 20 bucks a day, which is $600 a month. And I don't mean that as a bragging or showing off. I'm just saying, like, you're spending 300. So spend 300 on what's already working. Spend the next 300 on crazy shit. Go try Reddit cities. Go try, you know, the Yelp stuff. Go try Google. Go try Facebook retargeting. Go take all your inbound leads and put them in a custom audience and try them with ads. I would be shocked if you could not get to at least 1,000 in monthly spend, if not significantly more. That's highly profitable. Okay, within one month, let's say
0: I'll increase it to 600. And if that goes well, I'll increase it to 1000.
1: Yeah, because you know, I will say with AppSumo, we had a similar problem where everyone calls it ROAS now instead of ROI, return on ad spend. There is a point where you spend and it's just you don't get that money back within a certain period of time, or your margins aren't good. So you don't make profit right away. In SaaS businesses, that's okay. So maybe you'll get to SaaS and we'll have something there. But in the meantime, with your margins, I would assume that you guys should be able to make either same day profit, or at least one week or two week profit with your ad spend. Right, yeah, it's relatively close. The minimum the industry is 3x, so if you spend a dollar, you want three. I'm like, dude, I'll take two, you know, because I figure if they come and have a great experience, they'll refer, and I'd rather have them reach more people and help more people out. So, you know, 2x ROI, or 2x ROAS ad spend. Right, cool. This is way better than I thought. What did you think? Any feedback, good or bad? This was great. I continue to say thank you for having me. Yeah, I don't have as much of a formula or structure. So I think that definitely made it a little bit harder because it's all a little bit all over the place. And then we try to like bring it all together in, the, in a little apple pie at the end. But I'm really excited for you. I really want you to go do all these things. Feel free to check in with me. I'm going to introduce you to Rachel, our office boss, so you can coordinate with her. Go check out your LinkedIn. Do- Put that on your to-dos as well. I bet you if you go look at your own LinkedIn, uh, you're going to be surprised how many local companies in the cities you guys operate that you're going to have referrals at too. I'm on board for it. Maybe the question is, how much money are you making it now? Where's that money coming from? What can we do more of? What can we do less of? Yeah. That's, you know, what's funny. I know business sometimes I think for you, I don't know if it is for me, for sure. I always think there's going to be some new secret answer. But at the end of the day, it's like, what can you do more of? And I think the almost harder thing is what can you do less of? I think that's something that I know for myself and others. Oh, we do. We post on Instagram and Facebook. It's like, does that do anything for you? No, but I just have to keep doing it. Other companies that might be post more on Instagram because it's working like for you, the SEO thing that works, do a lot more. And then the museum consulting, as much as it's a nice thing, either spin it out or or do less of that. So you can focus on the winners for the time being. Right. Totally. Dude, it's awesome to talk with you. I'm rooting for you. I really want you guys to help a shit ton of people out, companies, individuals. I probably wouldn't do it until you get these systems down more controllable is the recurring revenue and just start planting the seeds for that as a little bit each month. I can see you guys becoming a $10 million business.
0: Awesome. Yeah, thank you. I appreciate this call. I appreciate all the kind of advice and insights you've shared, and I'm looking forward to report back.
1: That's a wrap. I hope you liked the episode. If you did, go check out Michael at museumhack.com. Next, text a friend you love them. Yo, dog, let's go to the museum together. Before you go, let me know what you thought of this episode by emailing me podcast at okdork.com. I might feature your beautiful face in my next podcast. Outro plug. Also, remember to go check out the cool sumo.com product. If you have a website, capture emails. Capture emails. You should. You'll thank me later. It's free. Sumo.com. Final plug. Special thanks to Jason at PodcastTech.com as always for making these podcasts sound so much like sexual chocolate in your eardrums. Thank you as well to Dean and David on the Dork Team. And special shout out to Sean with a bunch of N's at Sumo.com for dominating in our new secret, secret thing that we are doing. You rock. What's your favorite Netflix show?